This is Joe Turner, host of the City Manager Unfiltered podcast, a podcast by a city manager for city managers and other public sector executives. And I have to tell you the James Freed episode has sent shockwaves through the city management profession. I think a bunch of people are really confused and shocked and angry. And I've been getting a lot of feedback, a lot of communication. And I can tell you with absolute certainty that the ICMA leadership and staff are shook right now. Um, There are so many emails, text messages, and phone calls that are bouncing around the city management ecosystem that I believe it's increasingly likely that there are going to be significant changes within the organization in the very near future. Uh, We'll see how it goes. I I can't promise anything, but um, I I think uh, there are many people who are angry and they're communicating their anger I think there's many people who are confused and they're wanting to give the ICMA the benefit of the doubt and the ICMA is silent and not giving answers. And I think there's a lot of people out there who have been taking the wait and see approach and there's two sides to every story. Well, when you have James Freed dropping documents gathered during discovery and quoting from depositions, sworn sworn statements given under oath by staff members at the ICMA, what does the ICMA have in, in response? What is the response? What is the rebuttal? And is anyone going to speak up and address these issues? I do not know. I do not know. But I do know that many of the ICMA members who have been listening to this podcast uh, have been communicating their frustrations and their desire to have answers. And in that podcast with James Freed, he talked about uh, a phone call that he had with Jessica Cowles back in 2018 that he recorded. And I was given permission to share this recording with you all. And I think you're going to be, um, maybe you won't be shocked anymore uh, based off of what you heard in the, the first interview with James Freed. So maybe you won't be shocked by this. Uh, but I suspect that many of you are going to be shocked because I think you still can't believe what is going on with this organization. And what you're going to see with this recorded phone call with Jessica Cowles is textbook retaliation 101, okay? We have a situation where James Freed uh, was concerned when he came across some Twitter comments or an activity by Martha Perego, who was using the Twitter handle at ICMA Ethics. So she was presenting herself out as a representative of the ICMA organization on Twitter and engaging in highly political uh, activity, uh, uh, anti-President Trump tweets, uh, liking other anti-Republican, anti-conservative congressmen, senators, that type of stuff, um, type activity, and free through a flag. And he was a very polite, very professional flag. He simply said, hey, uh, can you please change your Twitter handle or stop doing what you've been doing and delete the political activity so it's not connected to an account that is representative of the ICMA because that negatively reflects on our entire profession and Martha Prego, being the ethics guru, she she calls herself the ethics expert on her LinkedIn page, right? She's the ethics expert. So surely she should know that that is unacceptable behavior, right? And all James Reed asked for was to for her to change her handle or stop the activity. We didn't really get into it in detail, but before he sent that letter to Martha, he had reached out to her and tried to get her to change the Twitter handle and that and stop the activity before he ever sent the letter. But he did not get any response from Martha. And that's when he um, escalated it to a formal letter that he sent to Martha 
and to Mark Ott. I want you to understand this timeline, okay? So in late November, he sends this letter to Perego and to Ott, and he also posted it on the Michigan uh, State website, listserv for managers, virtually simultaneously, right, in, in late November, okay? Somehow, this gets warped and twisted into an ethics complaint on James Freed, and we're going to unpack that here in a second, right? Because this call is basically of Jessica informing James that he is apparently the subject of a potential ethics violation. Now, what you're going to listen to in this phone call is James Freed repeatedly states over and over that he did not file a complaint against Martha Perego. He did not file an ethics complaint. So if he did not file an ethics complaint against Martha Perego, how could he be guilty of committing an ethics violation by posting the information on the listserv to other managers? He did not divulge confidential information about a pending or closed ethics matter. What happened was CEO Mark Ott sent the letter that Freed had written, apparently internally into the CPC and to Jessica Cowles or whatnot. And the MME simply sent a notice to the ICMA and said, hey, we're not sure if Freed posting this on the listserv is a violation of the ethics, but we wanted to bring it to your attention so you can take a look at it. Okay. But this gets turned around into Jessica Cowles interrogating James Freed about this matter. And James Freed is going repeatedly saying, I never filed a complaint. And to go one step further, he's saying, Jessica, you are the one who gathers and collects all the complaints. So if you do not have a complaint from me, why are you bothering me? I'm paraphrasing. He didn't say that, but that's what I'm saying, right? Jessica Cowles is either incredibly incompetent or had an agenda. You decide which one it is, right? Because why are you even calling up James Freed to ask him about an ethics violation regarding activity that he committed or engaged in on the listserv when you don't even have documented proof that he submitted a complaint? This was a four and a half month ethics investigation by Cowles into the actions of James Freed when it should have been a 4.5 second ethics investigation. Oh, you didn't file a complaint against Martha Perego, which she should have known already. Oh, okay. Then I'll just inform the board of that. And clearly there's no violation. Shouldn't it be cut and dry? And something that's really bothered about this whole process is why the hell is Jessica Cowles involved in any sort of investigation with respect to James Freed on this matter? I think it's an inherent conflict of interest, okay? One, she works for Martha Perego. She's Martha Perego's subordinate. How can she be investigating anything involving her boss? I don't, I don't understand that whatsoever. Even if, even if James had filed a complaint, why is she investigating it? And that's just allowed to happen? makes no sense. You know, I I can't find access to any of the rules of procedure for the ICMA except for a 2019 copies, the uh, back in February of 2019, which is right after this whole thing happened. But in this uh, document, 
on section 1E, the general section 1E, it says no person may participate in any proceedings on a complaint brought under these rules if that person is or may be a witness or complainant in that case, or if his or her participation would otherwise create or appear to create a conflict of interest. I mean, how is this not a conflict of interest to have a subordinate investigating the boss? And I mean, what? It makes no sense. So, so to make this abundantly clear, James Freed sends a letter to Martha Perego and Mark Ott and posts on the listserv at virtually the same time, right? Never made a complaint, okay? He states this over and over, and somehow he is guilty of discussing confidential information about a, an ethics complaint that didn't even exist, and this takes four and a half months to review and clear? You know, it's interesting because also in the 2019 rules of procedure, again, I don't know if this applied because I can't find the, a version that existed prior to February of 2019, but when you look at the rules of procedure, right, in the 2019 document, and I'll post it uh, on the show notes, okay, it states under Section 5, Initiation of Procedures, in 5A, proceedings against an individual for an alleged violation of the Code of Ethics may be initiated by the executive director upon receiving a written complaint from any source indicating that a violation may have occurred. The complaint must be accompanied by documentation that supports the allegation of a violation of the code. Now, James didn't do that. I, you, can, you can classify his letter as a complaint. I think that's fair to say. But nowhere in that letter did he allege an ethics violation. He didn't allege Martha Perego violated the Code of Ethics. He didn't even know she was a member of the ICMA. He thought she was a staff member. Now, it further states in 5A that the complaint must be accompanied by documentation that supports the allegation of a violation of the code. So, James says he never made a formal complaint. And even in his letter that he sent to Mark Ott that apparently was used to start the investigation. He didn't allege a violation of the Code of Ethics. He did not provide any substantiation or evidence or suggestion that the Code of Ethics was violated. How does everything become an investigation? And why, is, why isn't why is Jessica Cowles looking at our roster? I assume she has some sort of master list of investigations that have been formally submitted, right? Or, or a, a master list of complaints that have been formally submitted to the CPC. And... It's bizarre to me that she calls up James and she has no clue what the official allegation is or the official complaint or who the official comp complainant is. So take a look at this audio. It's 28 minutes long. And tell me if you're not beating your head throughout it and wondering what the hell's going on. I mean, again, one has to question the competency of Jessica Cowles and Martha Perego when it comes to ethics and investigating ethics complaints or if you don't think they're incompetent, what is the alternative? That they're engaging in deceptive, retaliatory practices, that they're being punitive and punishing a city manager because he had the audacity to point out the fact that the ethics director of all people was engaging in politically partisan activity that was damaging the reputation of the organization, and then he's the bad guy, so we want to weaponize the code of ethics against him? It makes no sense. Listen to this clip. Decide for yourself. Hi there, James. It's Jessica Cowell. Hey, Jessica. How are you doing? Good. Is this the one okay time to reach you? Oh, yeah. Excellent. Yep. 
Okay, I, I appreciate it. And uh, so I've, I have some family in Michigan, so I hear that uh, the weather is truly awful around there. It is 50, 50 below. In fact, we're debating, the, the governor just declared a state of emergency. We're actually debating if we're going to be open tomorrow. So it's so I, cold. So I grew up in Michigan. I, I do not miss that weather. No. Where'd you grow up at? Uh, I grew up in the Saginaw area. Oh. And then I went to Michigan State for undergrad. Oh, nice. I have season tickets to the basketball. Wonderful. Okay, a good Spartan. I like that. Yes. Uh, but I haven't lived there in 20 years and live in the D.C. area now, so things are a little different. I mean, the, I was a manager in Maryland before I worked at ICMA, and I don't miss all the preparations for all of this inclement weather. Yeah, no, it's I, been, it's been <laughs> crazy. You have a lot of respect for everyone. So. Um, well, I, I certainly appreciate you being able to take the time to touch base with me quickly today. Um, I wanted to give you an update on a couple things. So I I know that um, you had filed a complaint at the end of November um, regarding Martha Perego. I didn't file a complaint. Uh, I didn't file a complaint. So what, Just a letter so to her. I wanted to, okay. Um, so I, I appreciate the clarification. Um, what I wanted to do is let you know that when that letter came in, it set off uh, two processes, one in internal peace because she's obviously a staff member of ICMA, um, and I understand that Mark got, had gotten in touch with you on the internal piece. Um, I'm not involved on anything related to the internal piece, but I staff the Committee on Professional Conduct. Um, and I wanted to let you know that the committee will be considering the information that you sent in to ICMA at their meeting in mid-February. Okay. Is there any way you can convey to the committee that I did not intend to file a formal complaint on her? I will. I did. It was not my intentions to to file a complaint on her or to have any of the conduct committee um, review any of that. Um, I, to be quite frank, I didn't even know she was an ICMA member. I have I have no okay. idea. So I had no idea who Martha Martha is. I just don't know her. Um, on the ICMA website under the Who's Who page, it just had her listed as staff. Okay. So I didn't realize she was a former manager who was a corporate ICMA member. Um, yes. So. Just so they know, I, you know, I do not intend to file a complaint on her, nor do I wish to have a complaint on her. It was just a letter, to, uh, essentially, to her and ICMA about the Twitter handle. I never intended to file a complaint on her. Okay, so I, I certainly appreciate that clarification, um, and that will be information that I share with the committee when they meet in mid-February. Okay, um, I just never met her. I don't know who she is, and I, did, I wouldn't, you know, file a complaint on someone. I have no idea who they are. I, I certainly appreciate the honesty. Um, and so then, um, obviously, so in the ethics program, Martha and I staff, um, together staff the Committee on Professional Conduct. Martha has not been involved in anything related to discussions with the committee um, about the outcome of, of that review that will take place. Um, and so along, along those same lines, um, when we also received information from MME on, um, it looks like when, the, when you sent the letter into ICMA, MME also said that there was, um, that the information was published on their, on the state listserv. So, the, yeah, but the listserv is not a public forum. In fact, to be on the listserv, you have to essentially authorize a confidentiality clause. So that is a confidential uh, listserv for only managers. And it specifically says that anything on there must remain confidential, so it is not a public forum. Okay. I also appreciate that clarification as well. Um, 
And so then I wanted to let you know that MME reached out to ICMA and um, looks like they uh, looks like MME has decided to alert ICMA to the fact that information was shared on the listserv uh, related to what they considered to be a, apparently a, a formal complaint that had been filed with ICMA. So, so the communication that the chairman sent to you um, did not state that they thought it was a complaint. It was essentially the letter re just asking the Twitter account to be changed. It wasn't. I don't think that the, the ethics committee. I have the communications that the uh, chairman Wickman sent Mark, and it was essentially the same. My letter was on there, and it had nothing that we, they thought it was a, a, an ethics complaint case or anything that was filed. There was no. They, the ethics committee did not was not under the assumption that I had filed an ethics complaint on Martha because I have not, nor would I. Okay, that that's also helpful to know too. The information that I have. Um, came from the state association. It didn't include that background when. Do you have the email that the state association sent to Marcotte? I do not. Okay, so that email is important because it specifically states what the committee did. The committee has not filed a complaint. They don't know if I've violated anything. They haven't done anything. There's no investigation, nothing. Essentially, they're just passing on to see. It was a cursory review to ICMA to see if they thought there was something. So I think that communication so is probably key for you to get your hands on. Yeah, and so I, the information that I received from the state association included uh, several attachments, which were printouts, uh, which were screenshots of um, things from the listserv. No, those screenshots um, are from your Twitter page. So that's from the ICMA Twitter. Those screenshots are from the ICMA uh, Twitter page that corresponded that's with my letter that went on listserv. That's correct. So I have, um, so I'll, I'll kind of, I realize we're talking about obviously a related issue, but two separate pieces. So yes, the information that you just referenced, um, I do have that came from, that was um, posted on the listserv, which included your letter um, to Martha from the end of November, and then it included attachments of different screenshots of um, social media activity. So I have those pieces. And under that uh, and time, and at that time, we were not aware that Martha was even an ICMA member. She was only declared on your web, on the on the ICMA Who's Who website. So if you go to my page, it says like James Freed member since 2008 or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it, hers has not even, it all says ICMA staff. It doesn't even say she's a, a member. So I didn't file, it was finally complete. This was more of a letter. So when I sent out on listserv, it was essentially, I had tried reaching out to ICMA and Martha on numerous occasions uh, to have the, the Twitter account changed. I assumed she was just a private citizen. And so many of my colleagues and I had discussed the social media activity on the ICMA ethics handle. And so when I drafted the letter and sent it out, that's why I put it out on the confidential listserv so that they could see the correspondence based on the discussions I have with many of them. And so when we sent that out, again, that was on the confidential uh, listserv that's not a public forum, and it was just essentially asking her to change, either delete or change the Twitter activity or Twitter handle to what we thought was just a staff member of ICMA. Okay, I understand that piece. Um, and then one of the managers so said, I don't have access to Twitter. Can anyone send me the activity in question? And that was the screenshots that we sent at the request of another manager who said, I don't have Twitter, can someone, can someone send this, the, the activity in question? So those screenshots were sent out at the request of another manager. 
And did they did the other manager make a request on the listserv? Yep. Okay. And again, that email is confidential, but it's there. I don't think I can legally give it to you. I signed a confidentiality agreement when sure, I joined I when I joined listserv. Okay, so I, I really appreciate you taking the time to um, brief me on the, the full background of things here and in the, the state of um, what was shared on the listserv, how it was, um, kind of the background piece there. So I, I really appreciate that. Yep, no problem. Um, and so then, um, like I said, the, the piece bef coming before the committee at this point um, looks at the looks at the, um, the information. So this is actually concerned. going before the committee? It is. It is. is so there, the, like, do all uh, cursory reviews get put before a committee? Yes. Um, so the Committee on Professional Conduct has the jurisdiction to review um, any allegations that come together in terms of the ethics side of things. So what the is the allegation? Um, so in, in the case of um, the Twitter activity, um, it's looking at no. I mean, but what's the No, no. What's the allegation that the, e the so regarding me and my communications on listserv is that going before the committee or something? And so that's so the the first piece is I wanted to let you know that there where things stand in in relation to the information that you sent to ICMA regarding the Twitter activity. Yeah. And then the second the second piece is that MME got in touch with ICMA and said. We think we have a situation where a member breached the confidentiality of the code of ethics by sharing a complaint. Um, on but that's not. Our but that's not. A, that's not at all what the committee said. The committee said that we don't know if this violates anything or not. They never referenced any of the tenets. They never. Ref they never referenced anything. They essentially said, "We're concerned about this email, and we're concerned about this other email." Does this, is this, does this arise? It was a 4-3 vote. They never specifically said what they thought it violated, so I don't think that's what the committee did. The committee never talked about a breach of confidentiality. And to be quite frank, the confidentiality in Tenet 3 says, members shall not discuss or divulge information with anyone about a pending or completed ethics case except specifically authorized by the rules and procedures for enforcement. There was no ethics complaint made. I never made an ethics complaint. There was nothing before any committee. There was nothing before ICMA. It was simply a letter to what we thought was a private staffer asking to change the Twitter handle. So there was, there was nothing. I mean, what was confidential? There was no ethics complaint. I wasn't filing an ethics complaint. I never asked to file an ethics complaint. I never sent anything off to the Professional Conduct Committee or to the Ethics Office. I just simply sent it to Martha. So what would be, I, where, yeah, would be, where would the confidentiality come in? If it were if it were an ethics complaint that was filed, and in terms of what constitutes an ethics complaint, we see a variety of different formats. It could come in as an email saying, "We think you should look into this," and that's treated as a formal complaint. Um, in this particular case, when I'm briefing the Committee on Professional Conduct, I will share your. Uh, I wasn't aware of the the intention until this conversation. Yeah, I w so so first off, one I would. I didn't even know she was a member of ICMA. I wouldn't have wasted my time filing a complaint anyways. This is just a Dear John letter asking her to change her Twitter handle. If I did specifically file an ethics complaint towards another member, that would wholeheartedly change the, everything. But I never filed an ethics complaint, nor was that my intention. And I also informed Mark Ott in our conference call that I never intended to refer Martha to the Professional Conduct Committee. 
at all. That was never my intention. I never requested that. I never asked for that. I simply sent a letter to Martha. So I don't know why there would be an ethics case on her. That was something that Mark Ott did, but my email was shared on the listserv before Mark Ott referred it to the committee. So, I mean, since it's been referred to the committee, there's been no discussion about this issue on listserv regarding Martha or the letter. So Mark Ott's the one who forwarded on to the ICM, to the Professional Conduct Committee. He informed me, Wickman, and, and Pat Sullivan in our phone call, I have to get the date for you, that he dealt with it internally, and then he forwarded on it. So he technically filed the ethics complaint. That was not me. I wouldn't have filed an ethics complaint on her. I just wanted the Twitter handle changed. I just wanted the Twitter handle changed not to reflect our association. So I don't. So when this email went on a listserv, there was no ethics complaint. I wasn't filing a complaint. Nobody was filing a complaint. Mark Ott did that. I think two or three weeks later. Okay, that's also helpful to. Um, it, it might be helpful because I, I, you know, I was a member of the the Michigan Ethics Committee of the IC, the, the Michigan Municipal Executives Ethics Committee. I'm well aware if there's an ethics complaint that that is confidential, but there was never an ethics complaint on Martha. And so that might be the information that MME sent um, sent Mark, and then I was looped in on it. Came from MME um, on the 17th, and it was a. The substance of the email was um, we, as a committee, um, had a discussion and we're, we're asking ICMA to take, we're asking ICMA and um, the Committee on Professional Conduct. No, nope, that's not what it says. Here. That's not what it says. It says the MME committee had a discussion. They don't know if this arises to a level of ethics because, to be quite frank, it was a split vote. Three of the members, including the chairman, didn't think it had anything to do with ethics, and they essentially sent it to you for a review. They said that it wasn't a complaint from the committee. They said there's been no complaint made, there's been no investigation, and there's been no review done. They just asked ICMA in the email to take a cursory look at it. They never once asked it to go before the professional conduct committee. I have the email right here in my hand. So I think there's, maybe you can reach out to Chairman Wickman so he can better convey what the intention of what the committee did was. Because I've spoken to him twice so, on this. Okay, and so in terms of when a state association or or any member, any resident, whenever they have a question um, for ICMA to take a look at from a from an ethics perspective, um, ICMA staff don't make any determinations, or even you know the executive director, chief of staff don't make any decisions um, in terms of whether this. It is just goes a before the committee. It goes that's fine. The that's so fine. That, I understand. Point. I understand that. That's. I understand that. That's fine. That's fair. But just know that that's not what the MME committee asked. So you guys, that's I, your. I, that's I, your own. That's your internal protocol for how it's handled, and that's completely fine and appropriate. I understand that. But that's not what the committee necessarily asked. And I, I understand that you're pointing out that there's a distinction. Um, I, I certainly understand that piece and appreciate you pointing out, um, the, the the particularly the conversations that you've had. Uh, with James at MME about the issue and about what your understanding was in the process moving forward. Yeah, because I spoke with him, and he, he they were under the impression that they didn't even think this was going to make it to the committee, that ICMA staff would just review this and say it's clearly not a violation and send it back. That was his, that was his no, thought. No. Yeah, we don't have the we don't have um, the authority to administratively look at anything. So I think so um, so far so so far to recap where we're at, I never filed an ethics complaint on Martha Pergo, and I sent her a letter directly. That letter was shared on a confidential server. 
with my peers, who we previously discussed some of the issues on Twitter. Uh, it wasn't until three weeks later when we were in a conference, it could have been two weeks later, when I was on a conference call with Mark, um, where he said, you know, he dealt with this internally. And then at that time, he shared with Pat Sullivan and myself that he had referred it to the Professional Conduct Committee. So I never filed a complaint, nor would I, nor did I. So at the time this email went out, there was no complaint. It wasn't the intention of a complaint. It was nothing like that. So Mark Ott's the one who turned it into a complaint and forwarded it on the Professional Conduct Committee, not me. Okay. I I appreciate again. I, I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, I just want to be clear because I like I don't know Martha. I'm sure she's a really great person. I got no beef with her, so I would never file a complaint on someone I had. You know what I mean? I just I, it's not worth it. That's why I thought I thought the letter to her would achieve what it needed to achieve, and it did. They changed their Twitter handle, and everything's fine. So the. Um, so the internal piece, like I said, the CTC is going to take a look at the taking a look at the piece related to um, related to any potential potential any any potential ethics violation related to the activity on social media. Um, and then the other piece is when MME reached out to ICMA, asked for a review of the information that they sent related to the postings that were made on the listserv. That sets off, like, like we just talked about. Yeah, but I think it's, but that's critical in the review to know that there was no ethics complaint made. I never asked for an ethics complaint made. I never, I would, if I was going to file an ethics complaint, I would have sent it to the ICMA Professional Conduct Committee. I personally mailed Martha a letter, and nowhere else in ICMA did that go. So Mark Ott's the one who – so it's, it's important. So when I sent the email on a listserv, there was no ethics complaint. I wasn't making an ethics complaint. I didn't even know she was a member of ICMA. I had no idea who she was. I just wanted the Twitter handle change, and that's all my letter requests. It doesn't accuse her of doing anything unethical. It just simply says, please delete or change this stuff that reflects ICMA as a whole. So I thought my letter doesn't I, claim there's an ethics violation. I, I I did I went, I did go back and take a look at the letter okay. and that was something um, that I um, as I was reviewing it too it, I I see what you're saying in terms of how you presented the information in the letter um, outlined the issue and outlined what you were asking in terms of having those posts because if you're going to file an ethics complaint on somebody the ICMA code of conduct and rules procedures say that that complaint should be made to the professional conduct committee by any ICMA member I did not do that. I did not report anything to the Professional Conduct Committee. I simply sent a letter to Martha herself. If I was going to file a complaint, I would follow the rules and procedures and then send it to the Professional Conduct Committee for review, as outlaid in the rules. Outline, excuse me. That's also, yeah. That, and so in terms, of the, in terms of the next steps of what MME has asked ICMA to do, um, when, we, when we get information in from a state association or anyone who's submitting information to ICMA to take a look at, our first step is to let, number one, the member know that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and then step two is uh, I put together a letter that outlines uh, what the allegation is. Uh, potentially, I cite any set sections of the. What, code potentially, of what potentially are you citing? Um, in, so in tenant three, um, the guideline on confidentiality. So the, what, so the member shall not what, discuss or devolve any information with anyone about pending or completed ethics cases except specifically authorized, but there was no pending or completed ethics case. And so then the other piece to this process is I send you the letter that details the facts that I know them at the time I send the letter. 
and it gives the member the opportunity to respond and to include all of the information we just Do I need about. to respond? I mean, I don't yes. but but yes. okay, so I guess I mean, you're the you're the professional conduct you you're working for the professional conduct committee. Can you tell me if there was pending any pending or completed ethics cases that I shared on I, on MME? There was no this was never a pending or completed ethics case. So these are all those are all things that I would recommend including in your letter that the committee so Yeah, I guess I just don't understand why I don't have time for this. But I'll, I mean, I'll do it, but I just it seems a little bit I mean, for, for me, I mean, if you're doing the r report for the committee, it's very easy to say that there was never a complaint filed. There was never pending or completed ethics complaints that Freed filed. This email, this letter I sent to Martha, has nothing, there was no pending or, this has nothing to do with an ethics complaint or violation or pending or completed. There's none of that. So I'm not sure why it falls on me to have to send a letter out. But I will, if that's what you need, Jessica, I'll do, do what works for you. Yeah. And, and so the the biggest issue is um, when we staff when we staff the committee we also we will also have circumstances that come before the committee where there needs to be um, where we don't have all of the facts to be able to establish whether there was a violation or not and in those cases you probably know from your time uh, with MME and the ethics committee that we'll ask the state association to gather relevant facts um, and we do that because as ICMA staff we can't be both the investigators and the staff that so 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 let's be clear who's gathering the facts in this case then is it MME or is it ICMA no in in terms of gathering the facts it's we have a we have information from MME where they're saying to ICMA could you take a look at this okay and then we have the perspective from the member that then goes to the committee so both the information from MME your perspective that you say hey here's what happened here's what I intended um, this isn't what I think happened that all then goes to the committee. They make a determination and say, we should open a formal case on this, or they say there's no ethics violation, there's nothing to move forward on. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, I, mean, I get that maybe Martha wasn't happy that this information was shared, because it is embarrassing a little bit to have the ICMA Twitter handle, but this is something that's been noticed by people all over the state, I would imagine all over the country. Uh, but she may not like it, but I don't think in any way I breach confidentiality because it never filed. I mean, to me, it seems like this is pretty clear cut. There was never a complaint made. I never made a complaint. The only person who forwarded this to the professional conduct committee was Mark Ott, like two or three weeks later. And the, the other piece I did want to be clear about, too, so Martha isn't aware that MME sent any information to ICMA. You sure about she that? Absolutely. Um, the any of the internal meetings that we've had, I've only been in. How about some of the meetings. external phone calls to uh, MME members in the state of Michigan? Are you aware of those? You in, may want. You may. I'm going to give you a pass, but you may want to check in before you make that statement. I, from from my perspective, I haven't had any conversations with Martha, so I can, okay. I can speak to. I assure you. That. I know. So I'm under the belief yeah. that Martha is fully briefed on what the MME has sent. To ICMA, and I have that on good reason, and so I would double check that statement before you stand by it. I appreciate you letting me know that too. Like, again, like I said, the um, once once uh, MME sent the information into ICMA internally, I had meetings um, that did not involve Martha, and I've had no conversations. Yeah, no, I understand that, and I respect that. I appreciate that separation. I really do, Jessica. I do. I think it was good due diligence. I appreciate that. Um, so what I'd like to be able to do is 
send you the information um, that we send to whenever we get information in from a, uh, to take a look at, to do a review, send you the letter um, that gives you the opportunity to respond to what, the, like again, like I said, the, the facts that I understand them as they're coming in from, from the state association here. It entirely gives you the opportunity to lay out um, what you see as the facts are, um, any, anything that you would like to say in response or any information, this is really your opportunity to share any information that you would like to. Yeah, I guess, I guess I'm just confused, Jessica, because I still don't think it's been clearly made what, I mean, the allegation is that I breached confidentiality, but you're a staff for the Professional Conduct Committee. You can tell me, was there any pending or open ethics complaint against Martha Pergo? No, I didn't make one. I, I would need to go and look at the timeline and make sure that there wasn't any other information before I can say for sure about what okay. that piece is. Okay, I, I appreciate that. But I'd like to be able to make sure that I have all the information in front of me, which I, I, I just don't. Yeah, because had I known she was an ICMA member, I would have filed the rules of procedure in filing a complaint. But even then, I still would have filed a complaint. I just I don't do that. I don't like filing complaints on people. And to be quite frank, I wrote her a pretty nice letter that just said change your Twitter handle, and to her credit, she did. She took care of it. She cleaned up the Twitter activity. She changed her handle. I don't think there's any need to send this to the Professional Conduct Committee, but I respect Mark Ott, you know, for having his difference of opinion and him doing that, but I certainly would never do it, and nor did I. Um, so then, in, in terms of the next steps, I'd like to be able to send you this letter that gives you 30 days to respond. Okay. My, can you use my personal email address? Absolutely. We, absolutely. We only ever communicate with members through a personal email. Yep. My personal email is just jmes.com. And I guess I'm going to make it, I'll be able to respond back in the next day or so because I'm just going to simply write, I never filed a complaint. It was never my intention to file a complaint. There was never an open or pending in, uh, ethics issue with Martha, nor did I open one. The only person who forwarded this off to ethics was Mark Ott. And Mark Ott wrote the letter. Um, I don't know if his, I have to find his letter. I don't even know if he stated that he sent it off to the Professional Accounting Committee. I think he just told us that in the phone call. Okay. So, yeah, actually it says here, uh, yeah, no, he didn't even mention that he put it off to the Professional. So I didn't even know about it till he called me. And the letter I have here is from December 12th from him. So I think we had a phone conference the following week. So, I mean, it was okay. two or three weeks before I had even clue that it got sent off to the Professional Conduct Committee, and I certainly didn't do it. Okay. So, so I just want to confirm um, the email to use instead of the um, at.com. Correct, because my still it still crosses on my city laptop, and I would, uh, okay. and I would I would argue under discovery laws that that would be public. Yep. I, I do appreciate that. So I will send that out. Um, in terms of timing, the like I said, the committee is meeting mid-February. Um, the rules give you 30 days to respond. I'll have it in, in a couple days. It won't take long. I, I, I could see this in two or three sentences. Okay. And so then, um, like I said, the committee then has the information that came in from MME. And I would like respond. Yeah, and I, and I just, again, I, you know, as staff, I'd like you to fully convey to the committee, I never filed an ethics complaint on Martha, and nor was that my intention, and I don't like the fact that this is before the committee based on my letter, because that's not what it was meant for. I will. I will share that with the committee. And, and I didn't, um, and again, who, I mean, I don't know Martha. 
I don't know her background. I didn't do any look into, you know, any research into it. I had no idea she was a member. I had no idea about any of it. So, but I appreciate it, Jessica. I'll look for your email. Certainly, certainly. I will send that to you later today, and um, you'll have in my signature block. You'll have my direct phone number, my email to reach out if you have any questions in the process. Again, thank you for taking the time today. I reached, I um, thought we could do that. Had the phone call in 15 minutes. I looked and see we've gone a half hour, so thank you oh, no. for being able to. Well, no, I appreciate your time. I know you're busy, so I appreciate your time. We appreciate it. I thanks so much, James. Have a great rest of the day. All right, Jessica, you take care. Thank you. Bye. You too. So, how about that call? Did anything stand out to you? I, I just I can't understand how if you are investigating an ethics complaint, shouldn't you first determine whether or not there's an actual complaint or that the person that you're investigating actually filed a complaint? I mean, it's ludicrous. The timeline is that Freed sent a letter to Perego and Ott at the same time, and then he posted on the listserv virtually at the same time, and it wasn't until a couple weeks later that Ott sent the letter to the CPC for investigation. So all you got to do is look at the timestamp. I mean, what's going on here? What is she doing? What kind of investigation is this? What kind of investigator is she? And, you know, it's like, did you guys catch anything else, by the way, on this call? What about the fact that Martha Perego apparently was clued into what the MME was doing? Now, this is purely speculation on my part. I don't have any evidence. I'm just going to throw it out there. I believe, based on everything I've seen, all the facts I understand them to be, the tone, the climate, everything that I've seen happen to James, this is what I believe happened. I believe Martha Perego set up the MME vote with her contacts or her relationships with people who are on the board. I'm assuming, again, this is speculation, and that she was able to manage to get an MME complaint or a letter or a note to somehow trigger this investigation by the CPC. Because if you don't have the MME complaining about the whole situation, it's a non-starter. This never happens, right? There's never a, a C, there's never a confidentiality violation to be alleged because the MME was supposedly the one that sent the inquiry in. And speaking of the email, how is it that you're talking to James Freed and you don't even have the communication by the MME in your fingers and your hands to review and he's got to educate you on what the MME said? I, I, I don't know, guys. It's just it's ludicrous. And then a city manager has nothing better uh, in his life to do than to answer some vague random questions by Jessica Cowles on some investigation that shouldn't even be taking place. How about you do your due diligence first, get your facts in a row and then contact a city manager. How about you start by actually ascertaining whether or not there's been a complaint filed by the individual you're investigating? Wouldn't that be step number one, maybe? I think. I don't know. I'm not an, eth I'm not an ethics expert, okay? I'm not an ethics guru. I'm not an ethics investigation expert. But I would think I would want to ascertain whether or not the city manager that I'm investigating for violating confidentiality rules actually filed a complaint. That would be, I think, step number one, maybe. I don't know. There you have it, folks. This is what's going on with your organization. This is what's going on with your uh, vaunted ethics team. Um, what are you guys going to do about it? I can only bring it to your attention. I'm not even a member. Okay, thankfully. All right. Until next time, I'm Joe Turner, host of City Manager Unfiltered, a podcast by City Manager for City Managers and other public sector executives. If you like what you're listening to, please hit the subscribe button. Please leave a review. I'd greatly appreciate it.